Like every time I hear this song right here, it brings back not just a, a ton of memories, but also a, a, a good spot to be in as far as just just your appreciation for music. And my name is Brandon, and this is the edition of Brandon After Dark. Hope everybody is wound down nice and, 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 and tight. Y'all ready to get loosened up with a real cool show. And, and the guest that I have is, is, is definitely definitely uh, the, the, the kind of group that, that I ain't going to lie, I miss. I miss, I miss. I miss hearing songs like this just for the simple fact that it, 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 it just, it's just so nostalgic. You bring back so many different memories with a good song. And we all know what's missing in today's day and age, and it's not just the, the, the quality of the music, but also the memories that come along with it. And people tend to forget it, but I don't think they're going to forget this group, and we got them on live right now. One of the best bands in the business, Slave, is in the house tonight on Branded After Dark. Fellas. Hey, what's going on, man? Man, beautiful. How you it's doing? Blessing. How you doing? It's a blessing to be able to have you guys here. And, uh, you know, as I as I do up a nice roll call tonight, like, let the listeners know exactly who's on the line and, and, and who's on deck right now. Uh, this is Charles Udell Carter. And this is Thomas Lockett. And, fellas. A pleasure. Yeah, guy. A pleasure. <laughs> Our a pleasure. pleasure. We're glad to be here. Glad to be here for the opportunity and checking things out. I see you doing some good things over there on this on this after dark. It looks pretty tight. Man, you know, it's 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 people like you that 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 will come on and and that will be able to help. You know, to me, I'm just a I'm just a fan of what you guys do and what a lot of people done before you and 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 some after you. So to me, the pleasure is all mine, where I can be able to have a group. Um, and, and people still dance to, you know, people still dance to watching you, man. It's still in the clubs, and people still feeling certain things and stuff. And it's it's, yeah. it's, it's an honor and a privilege, man. It's it's trust me. Praise God. We appreciate that. To, yeah, we happy to be a part of it, man. We trying to still keep it going, man. We're right in the middle of uh, uh, getting ready to set up, work on some new stuff. We're getting ready to do a, a, a working on the rehearsal to start touring. Uh, we do have one thing we want to tell people. Uh, there are some bootleg stuff going on as far as the group Slave, and you don't want to go be bothered with that. <laughs> you don't want to go see that. You want to see the real stuff, the people that actually performed on these records and was on the labels. So we want to kind of get the people understanding that uh, there are some uh, some bootleg stuff going on, so we, we, we'll deal with that properly in time. But uh, we just kind of want to throw that out there. So, so you mean to tell me right here in 2012 they're, they're, they're still like non-official Slave uh, slave uh, bands like circulating around is that is that true? Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yes. I would say there's a a West Coast version. There's no, a, no way a Southern version. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to a certain degree, it's a compliment, right? But what but what it really is. Is, is fraud not only against us business-wise, but it's a fraud against our fans mm-hmm. because um, these guys, I mean, they do interviews uh, and claim that they're original members, and we can be watching this and, and go, who is that? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. You know, so it's, uh, it's, it's something that's sad, but... Um, it's been a long time coming that we were in a in position to reunite and, and, and go back out and, and give fans what they deserve. Right, right, right. That's exactly the truth. 
the the way I see it, of course, I mean, like you said, it's always good when you can be able to uh, inspire. But when when people start taking, you know, the name and the likeness likeliness of the group slave, and that that's that that's when it's you know, hey, you, you guys are taking food out of my uh, out of my out of my kitchen. You know what I mean? Like we have to we have to set that yeah. straight. So, and you know yeah, what? That's good yeah. to know. That that's good to know for me. Because you know, honestly, like if if I see anything that's not attached to you guys, then I'm gonna have a problem with it, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call the music police on the ass. That's just really, really yeah. real. <laughs> well, yeah, man. we appreciate that. We appreciate that. And, and if if more people did that, you know, that that actually know the truth, and you know, what's sad is there there are even some other, and I'm not gonna use any names. There's, there's mm -hmm. even some other established groups that are playing along with this. Wow. Right. So that they can reap the benefit of it, but it's, it's purely a matter of, of uh, certain promoters uh, know that if they throw the name Slave on a bill, that it will help sell tickets. So they don't care whether or not there's original members involved or not. They just throw the name on there, and um, they throw additional tickets, and... I mean, it's just so bizarre, I hate to even repeat it, that right. they'll just have one person that I've never seen before in my life hasn't played on one slave record. Um, and as we mentioned before we came on the air, um, there's three well-known entities from the slave uh, group. There's, of course, the group Slave. Then out of that came um, two other well-known uh, groups, which was Aura, uh, featuring Kurt Jones and Sterling mm -hmm. Young, and also uh, Hall of Fame, featuring Steve Arrington. So when you see someone say that they're an original member of Slave, and we realize there's actually three entities, right. and you realize that this person that is saying this has had nothing to do with none of it, mm -hmm. it's it's Number one, it's comical at first, <laughs> and then it's absurd, and then again, it's 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 fraud to people who will, you know, take their hard-earned money, go and and pay a twenty-five, thirty-dollar, you know, ticket price and go in, right. and basically see a Holiday Inn environment. <laughs> mm. Amen to that. Yeah. And and you know what? I got so yeah. many questions that I want to ask y'all, and we're gonna try to get all these questions in as quickly as uh, as we can tonight on Branded After Dark with the group Slave. One one question. I mean, we let, let's just go ahead and drag that elephant in the room. Then, when it comes to to the music, especially nowadays, do you do you feel like you know it's more money motivated than just the 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 building of a legacy? Because I mean, you guys you guys came from that breed where it was. You know, you had a lot of bands, but Slave was way different than, you know, let's just say Earth, Wind, and Fire or the Spinners or right. whoever else. Right. You know what right. I mean? You guys had your own individual style. Do you feel like it's more driven by the money versus to be able to build that legacy? Are you talking about just new artists at this day, day and stage? Yes. Uh, well, uh, as you know, the music has changed tremendously. Um compared to what it was back in the day, not only the music, but the music industry. And it's really kind of sad because the new artists, you know, they kind of dropped the ball, a lot of them. I mean, there's some you know, okay things going on out there. 
mean, we will say we are, um, are we are uh, honored for a lot of these new artists that use a lot of our songs as samples mm -hmm. as their their playback on a lot of their hits from Tupac right. to uh, 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 Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, and Dog just keep going on down the line. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of artists, like I said, it, it has changed, and there is just the way the industry itself is. They kind of didn't, they just took the creativity out of it. The industry, like the business mode, the, the execs and how they did stuff, you know, how they handled it. I mean, that's that's the way I see it. The way I see right. it, you know. And, um, you know, but um, there have been, you know, occasionally some, been some, a couple of things that was okay, but for the most part, it's just they don't know what they're doing, you know. <laughs> I mean, the creativity ain't there, but also, like I said, the business itself is really, really kind of, kind of not like it used to be, and it's really, right. really a problem there. Can you can also take into account that technology has changed? Right. Um, where you can push one button and get a whole song, and then have one person rap on it and call it a group. Mm -hmm. So, you know that has happened. But uh, sorry to catch up. What were you about to ask? No, I was gonna. I was gonna mention, um, especially, and and you kind of hit the nail on the head with the with the evolution of music and online music, and 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 just the fact that I ain't gonna lie, man. I, I think as a fan first, and, and I and I look at other fans, man. Like I just feel like as fans, we just got extremely lazy, and and we kind of threw away the 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 you know, the, the readiness of a, of a new band, like the creativity, because you know how it is nowadays. I mean, everybody sounds the same, right? And and the yeah. fans, yeah. The, if, if the fans were the fans like it was back in the 70s, 80s, even 90s for that matter, uh, for the last three decades, if, if you even had an, a group or an artist that sounds just like another artist, that person would not get that kind of respect. All right. Period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Richard, I mean, we've gone to concerts, and again, I'm not going to use any names, but you know some of our huge artists, including and, and I will say this, but I'll say it from a positive standpoint. Even mm -hmm. Chris Brown, you'll go to a, a, a concert for him, and there really won't be anybody there playing anything. I'm not saying all of his concerts because I haven't been to many, right. but a, a, a lot of the time you'll you'll you know basically have uh, a DJ. You'll have uh, uh, and, and it's still an elaborate setup. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. because you'll have uh, huge video screens where someone that he might have recorded a song with, instead of that person being there, they'll show them on the screen doing their part. Right. And it's like, okay, but he's liable to have twenty or thirty dancers. You'll have groups of dancers that'll come out and do a routine with him. So I'll say that concerts these days are more video-driven concepts instead of actual, you know, live, you know. And I do know he still does do live at times. Right, right. But even groups like um, Boys to Men, they came to uh, Dayton, which is where 95% uh, of the slave uh, group is from, mm -hmm. uh, Dayton, Ohio. Boys to Men came here, this was a couple years ago, and I didn't go to the concert, but about a week after they were here, I was, speaking to someone, and they said that they brought a turntable. And I was like, boys to men? I mean, I really respect them as far as them being great singers. You know, these guys note they can do songs without 
music. But right, right. you know that all the all the millions of records that they've sold, but they still came and they basically, you know, they used turntable and it's like, um, not only has the industry changed, but yeah, the fan base has changed as far as what they find entertaining versus artistic. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, things have changed, but um, I will say that no matter what is done, if it's if it's done in taste, it can still be good. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't do that. You know, anything can be done in taste. We're just from the old school of, you know, playing music live and um, writing music from a live standpoint. Let me let me ask you this, and um, and, and to me, I feel like Slave, the the, the band, brought that specific style. It was kind of like what I mentioned earlier about, you know, it was it was different than a than than a Spinners or a Four Tops or Temptations or whatnot. You guys kind of own that that different flavor that you had. Like, what 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 made you go a different route instead of you know trying to emulate or take pieces of you know certain groups and just kind of making it your own. Well, I think, uh, this is a CDL talking, I, w- I think basically uh, one of the things, see, we're all from a, a, the town we're from, Dayton, Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. all, there were a lot of major artists from Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Ohio players, uh, Roger Zapp, Lakeside, Slaves, Shirley Murdoch, uh, I can keep going on and on. Uh, I mean, there's just so many groups that were there at one time that were, uh, we actually at one time for a town like Dayton to have like three groups in the top ten. It's not mm-hmm. New York. It's just Dayton, Ohio. Right. To have, you know, like three groups out of, the, out of that town that's got something on the top ten was incredible. You know, Heat Wave, I mean, I could keep going on with groups. Dayton. But, uh, yeah, Dayton, Sun, uh, Shirley Murdoch, all these people, but um, it, it, it's, it's, we we had to have a we had to have a, a thing that was uh, we were influenced by each other, but at the same time we had a, we all had our own thing, you know. Right. Um, we we I'm not, I'm not sure really how that kind of came about because we just put the stuff together, man. We started snoring, you know. We started uh, you know the create juices started going, man. I mean, you know, we practiced in the garages and and do the stuff we did. Uh, and of course, like I said again, we were influenced by each other. Like one of the main groups that were taking the lead uh, was like the Ohio Flares, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they kind of took a, a big chunk of everybody saying, "Okay, we know kind of what we, you know we need to do." I mean, we know with the horns, we had the band with the real guys playing horns. You know, the rhythm section, and you know, a lot of the bands was made up kind of like that. You know, right? But uh, I think. Again, it's just the, the creative juices from everybody that just made it go the way it went, and I think that's what it was for like some of the other groups. I don't know, uh, you know, Thomas may have another, you know, way he might be saying it, what he feel. But that's well, what the I other think. thing that was that was uh, different about Slave from the very beginning, we grew up as kids together. We didn't come together as musicians. We grew up together. We played hide and go get it, you know, <laughs> you, know you know, our parents were out looking for us by 7 o'clock, we were having to run home before we got a whooping, hey, so hey, we were, hey, you that. know, and, 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 you know, by the third or fourth grade, 
we started, you know, picking up instruments. Instruments was a secondary thing as far as our relationship. So we were in band together, and then, uh, you know, I started playing clarinet, which was unheard of. But you know, I sat with girls. So, you know, I didn't think that was a problem. But by the time we were putting together a band, you know, then you know they were telling me, well, you need to play, you know, sax or something. You can't be playing clarinet in, you know, this band. So I mean, that's how far we went back. Mm -hmm. uh, we um, and and even in high school, I mean, we had, and I don't know, if this was across the country, but we had what was called Battle of the Bands. Yeah. You know, that's each neighborhood, you know, three or four blocks away, had a band. I mean, everybody was in a band. I mean, if if you weren't in a band, I mean, I mean, well, what was you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was the end thing. It was the end thing back in the day. It was good. It was cool to be a, a band, a member of the band, right? Oh yeah, I mean that was the thing. And our parents learned that you know that this is what we were doing. You know, drugs back in the day was not an issue. You know, way back in the early seventies. I mean, I mean, it wasn't an issue for us. We were kids, so you know, we were allowed to go play at the clubs. Um, I remember at the age of 14, 15, I would be out till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, but we were supervised, you know, we had a manager, mm -hmm. uh, and we were out, you know, which is why to this day, when I hear about, you know, going to a club, it's never been a thing to me that I would get excited about going to a club. I was in clubs at the age of 14, but I was there for a different reason. I was there to entertain versus be entertained. So gotcha. um, Slave was a situation like a lot of the other groups or even current artists, even today. I mean, you know, not everyone sounds alike, but, but, but the reality is we believed in, in letting individual members within the group shine. So just like on Slide, I mean, obviously that was a song that was driven by two of not three major things. Number one, the bass, which, mm -hmm. you know, Mark Adams was a bass player. He was uh, our primary lead instrumentalist. Uh, a lot of our songs uh, followed his rhythm, followed his feel. Um, and then there was uh, the lead guitar solo, which was track. So those two guys really shine in that song. So uh, while it was written, you know, a lot of groups can go, you know, can, can pick up a bass, they'll do, 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 do. But it won't have that feel right. that Mark gave. That's the difference in what we did in Slave. It wasn't just the notes that we played. It was our feel. And, uh, you know, as CDL said, we were strongly influenced by the Ohio players. Um, we were in love with Cool uh, in the Gang, you know, mm -hmm. Hollywood Swinging and all that. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, of course. Uh, yeah, cool. yeah, James Brown, uh, George Clinton. You know, yeah. these are some of the major influences. The Grand Central Station, I mean, um, it was just ironic, though, that we got together and within one year we were, we were recording. We didn't uh, strive to go do a lot of shows. I think we only did about three or four shows before mm -hmm. we had actually recorded our first record. And our manager at the time was a program director from WNGR radio station in Newark, New Jersey. He had a close relationship 
with Henry Allen, who was the president of uh, Cotillion, uh, who at the time had uh, Sister Sledge. Luther was still in the group with, uh, the group was called Change. Uh -huh. They were almost about to fold. And we had recorded the album, which included Slide, and uh, our manager, his name was Jeff Dixon, he uh, took it to uh, Henry, and the first time Henry heard it, he was like, I love it. I want to find you guys. I mean, it was so easy that when we look back on it now, it's like, well, I wish it was that easy these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because it just doesn't really happen like that. But um, it was only about a year that we were together before we were actually negotiating our first record deal. Wow. And you know how you know how funny time flies when especially now when you when you when you say something like that and then you kind of you kind of remember how you know if you were different as far as your style being different that was more of a draw as opposed to nowadays if you're different people, people may not want to listen to you you know what i mean like right. for whatever reason and right. that and that and that's a trip how you know generations and and generations have changed and when 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 you when when people talk about slave, they talk about you guys being a funk band. When you when you when you hear funk nowadays, and it, you know especially from back then to now, what what was it that made you guys that particular funk band that stood out from the rest? Well, I think one of the main things uh, it was like like uh, Thomas was saying, you know, the bass was a, a strong influence of the sound and uh, of course you know you know the rhythm section with uh, Drac and Danny Webster their rhythm section they're, they're, they're was just awesome you know how do you deliver it on that mm -hmm. and of course uh, when we uh, had Steve Arrington doing lead vocals uh, his style of singing just it just matched. It didn't. It was like nothing else. That kind of bass and st structure of music, with his lead singing, was just nothing like else out there like that. And uh, just that combination of that, and it's just the background colors of the music with the horns, and uh, a lot of stuff with the rhythm section, keyboard player Ray Turner, myself, and, and it, it it just made a lot of different kind of flavors and colors. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that a lot of people didn't realize, as I said, we rehearsed um, to put together a record, an album, which these days CDs. We had, we went all the way to New Jersey. We traveled to New Jersey to record this. But what happened? We really didn't come up with slide until two days before we were going into the studio. Mm. So the thing is, you know, when you listen to Slide, it just has that feel, and that feel is because the entire rhythm section, including the solo, was the first thing that we did, and that was one thing. There was no overdubs. There was no, okay, we're going to add the solo, we're going to add the other guitar part, we're going to add the, we're, we're going to, make some changes with the piano part. The entire rhythm section, including the mm -hmm. solo, was one take. That's why when that song comes on, you have that feel. Yeah, and definitely. A lot of the, yeah, and a lot of the songs that we did was, was 
pretty much, well, put it this way, almost all of them uh, watching you uh, just a touch. I mean, we would come together as a group and jam. And, you know, we might say, well, you know, I'm looking for this type of feel or that type of feel, but um, by the time we got to the fifth album, which was the Stone Jam album that had Watching You, that was when we had reached a reality of, you know, we had 10, 11, 12 people involved. Mm -hmm. It was a marching band. Yeah, it was a lot of folks. And <laughs> it was a marching band. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we couldn't eat because, you know, record companies are, are designed to take care of themselves. They're not designed right. to really make sure that their artists are okay. Uh, we're still in some situations with that that we won't go into right now. That'll be right. part B later on. But <laughs> we, hey, minute. I feel you. You okay. know, we needed to be able to eat. So we began to take the concept of what uh, George Clinton did where he went into the Brides of Frankenstein and Funkadelic and all the other groups. We followed the same pursuit and started Aura um, and Hall of Fame. There was uh, there was one particular main breakup. I'll say happened. There wasn't it wasn't planned that we would break up, but it ended up happening that way because not everyone really understood that it was to our benefit to have more than one bucket to eat out of. Right. So uh, that's where the Orr group came, and then the uh, Hall of Fame uh, era kicked along. So you know what? Uh, and but it's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, no, I was going to say um, what what I want to do is I, I definitely want to talk about just the evolution of groups and bands, and and, and run a couple of more uh, questions your way. And plus, what I want to do is run a couple of songs. I want to start off with slide and play snapshot just so we can be able to let the world remember the, 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 the iconic music that is Slave. And if you guys don't mind for another quick segment after we run these two tracks, come right back with you so we can be able to get some of those questions answered. Yes, sir. All right, that's what it is. Branded After Dark, the group Slave is in the house. Slide. And if y'all don't remember this classic song, I don't know where y'all living. God, man, it's bringing me back to my youth, people. Branded After Dark, your man Branded is in the building. We have the members of Slave in the house as well. Charles is in the in the building. Thomas is in the building. Hey, they don't make good music like that no more. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I'm not hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. We got a lot of people on the lines, not just on the lines, but also sending emails throughout. Of course, you know, with this being an online station, we got so many people out there in Japan. There's people that Slave fans all across the board. So I want to welcome all you overseas listener, listeners tuning in as well. And, you know, I actually had a couple of emails while I was reading while the songs were playing, man. You got you got 17, 18-year-olds was like, man, this brings me back to how my mama used to talk about uh, Slave, the, the, the yeah, group. So, you know, they got sucked into the whole the whole thing. You know what I mean? And I love it. I love it. It's a good thing. Yeah, that's great. That's great, yeah. It's a good thing. Let me, let me ask you fellas this, because, you know, groups and bands, you know, especially... You know, there's there's a lot of groups and bands out there that are still doing their thing, but it's not as, you know, I, I guess I want to say that it's not as 
out there as it should or as it used to be when it comes to just the, the concepts of groups, not just R&B groups. I'm talking about actual bands. Thomas, what happened to that? The economy. The, not only are, are, are uh, actual economy, but the uh, cost of doing anything these days. Um, mm -hmm. And it started with, I mean, even that's how, uh, you know, Slide came out in 1977. By the time we got to 1979, um, what was the song that came out just blew us away? It was like, oh, it'll never work. Uh, Hotel, Motel, Holiday Inn. Oh, Holiday Inn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Sugar Hill? Sugar yes. Hill. Yes, yes. That thing hit. We was like, you got to be joking. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, but what was happening was, and, and not that I didn't like the song, I actually liked the song, it was funny, mm -hmm. but it was a movement of record companies saying some bands were going over budget. We okay. didn't have that problem. We would go in, I can't remember any album that we actually, well, one album, but our other albums, we always came in under budget. And when I say that, if our budget, and this is very small, but if our budget was 125000 we were done by the time we got up to maybe eighty, ninety thousand. 90000 know, mm -hmm. These days, acts get $500,000 million uh, record budgets, but a lot, of, a lot of times that also includes the video and, and, and other things. Right. But what I would say is what began to happen was that the record companies were saying, I need all of the acts coming in this quarter to come in under budget. So the, uh, uh, and I don't even see that, I'm, I'm, I'm getting bad with titles, but people who were bringing in new acts to the labels began to look for ways to cut costs to make sure that their neck wasn't on the line because their act, even though they loved them, was was driving, you know, the budgets up. So that was the beginning. And then when they started making money, you know, some of these uh, writers, and it was, it was actually what they called, uh, see, what were they called back in the day? The, uh, uh, the, uh, I mean, the, uh, the, 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 Gentlemen, like uh, A and R guys. Yeah, the A and R guys. But I'm speaking of the uh, uh, mixologists, the guys who were, who were taking over the production of, of records. They began to realize that I could pay one person, say fifty thousand, and they would do the whole album. Mm -hmm. And they and 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 they got comfortable with one of these guys doing three and four different artists, which is why music began to sound alike. And then, of course, in general, rap really started coming into its own after Hotel, Motel, Holiday Inn. That's what right. all the, you know, and it was just, and we were sitting there, and it was like, wait a minute, what happened? Didn't we just get on board? Why, why are we not on tour? Mm -hmm. You know, the demographics of a lot of things began to change. And then, of course, um, even 
going out wide, which is why groups these days, still these days, who are multi-platinum type groups, they go out with a turntable. Yeah, right. Because it's because they're trying to cut costs. So um, our young listeners, our young fans, they don't know the old way. You know, kids that are uh, when I say kids, even young adults, 25 and under, mm-hmm. it's probably been very few times they've gone to a concert and everything was live. Whereas, uh, uh, what's interesting, my uh, daughter went to see Prince. Uh, Last year, she's in California. Never okay. seen him before. Yep. He was playing at the um, L.A. Coliseum thing, whatever that was out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in L.A. She he was went, also in San Francisco, too. Yeah, I remember. Exactly. She went two days in a row. She was flabbergasted. She was yeah. She was in happy. And it was like, I didn't know he was that good. But it was because she hadn't been exposed to that. She's used to going to the concert and, and dealing with the turntable. So mm-hmm. I'll just say that, you know, um, I didn't eat um, <laughs> uh, cheese with my macaroni growing up. It wasn't until I got hungry up in New Jersey and somebody said, you better eat some macaroni and cheese. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, <laughs> like, wait a minute. Hold up now. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I mean, I'll just say that, you know, a lot of the artists these days are really still great artists. I, I take nothing from them. I mean, Chris Brown, awesome singer, awesome uh, performer, and I believe he uh, does write a lot of his stuff. Um, I look at Brandy. I saw Brandy on one of the awards programs uh, just uh, uh, a few months ago, and she was just off the chain. So mm-hmm. it isn't that the artists are not good. What I would say is you still have the producers, and I'm not knocking them, but a lot of the, the producers, instead of them going into the studio and they're playing everything live, I would say almost all records these days are based on loops and samples right. that are manipulated, you know, in various ways, and, and, and that's why. And then you've got the um, auto-tune. Oh, my God, I'm glad that finally began to chill out, you know. Yes. You didn't have auto Yes, Lord. You know, I mean. When I heard Charlie Wilson use auto-tune, and I know he only did it because somebody said, well, you might as well throw it on there. You know, he right. sell another, you know, three or 400,000 yeah. records because auto-tune. Because, I mean, anyone who has never seen a Charlie Wilson concert, you haven't ate bread in your life. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy is is still a walking miracle, you know, as, as he has quoted in his performance, he went from... Rags to riches, back to rags, yep. back to riches. So, um, uh, again, music is what it is because these days, I mean, there are some uh, rap artists who will buy a keyboard, and there's songs that you can just press a button and it'll come up. Some of these guys have sold two or three million records yep. off of pressing that button and going to the studio and rapping on top of it. Mm-hmm. You can't tell them not to do it that way. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'll just say that um, the uh, that variety is the spice of life. 
there are, there are people who like hearing the same thing. There are people who love jazz, and you know, there are people who love country music. I went to a uh, festival today, and there were some guys out there. They were playing some some some, some country, Charlie Pride type stuff. But I have to admit, because they were good, I started to enjoy it. See, though, I hadn't told you about that yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey. You know, I mean. You know, I ain't mad at that. It's still good music. You know, right, good I, music I agree. Still good music. So, you know, it is what it is. I just would like to, you know, say that, you know, we have not been together uh, collectively out touring in quite a long time. And, it's and for many reasons. Um, and but that is, you know, coming to an end as far as us not being out there together and uh, we just want to make sure that everyone knows that, you know, coming soon we will be out there back together again. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that was actually one of the questions that I did have and people were asking, like, you know, just, you know, try and see if we can make sure that, uh, that, that a slave is available, like if, if they can be able to reach out to you guys and, you know, are you guys social networking as far as Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that? Yeah, we're, we're we are on there individually. Uh, we haven't yet. Uh, launched our group Facebook site or, or Twitter site, which, you know, we're still in, in the process of throwing that out there. Uh, there are a lot of people who might not know we, we did lose two of our members. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we lost uh, Mark Adams, the bass player. Yes. Uh, who I, I do not remember not knowing. And we lost Drat uh, mm -hmm. within a three-month period of time. And... Um, it was devastating that, uh, I mean, these were not our band members uh, only. Uh, again, I don't remember not knowing Mark, you know, from the age of four or five years old, you know, we were playing together. And when I say playing together, I don't mean music, we were, you know, uh -huh. you know, we were playing touch football and, you know, Little League Baseball and stuff like that. So, um, CDL, in fact, was the person who called and told me and, you know, he'll tell you I was on the phone about ten seconds. Mm. And the rest of that it was it was a blur. Yeah. You know, but uh I would say that we lost them way too soon. Um and a lot of it, you know, I'm not gonna go into any, you know, negative aspects, but you know, we all have made mistakes, you know, in our lives and um just a, a, a true reality of why we have not been together has been our individual choice of lifestyles. Right. That, you know, you know, people get older, people get uh, into their own mode of life, and uh, certain people have made decisions. And me and Fidel made decisions to do other things in our life, to pursue other opportunities, you know, other writing, producing, other business opportunities, uh, family decisions. Uh, but as we've uh, matured and, and gotten golden, we realized that what we really love to do is what you just played. And that there is, you, go. you know, not only play, play that music, but uh, we are writing and producing uh, some new material. We're uh, uh, working with Kurt Jones. Uh, uh, we've been talking to Arrington about coming back out. Um, there's just a lot of positive things that are going on, and we just want to, you know, let our fans know that uh, we miss them. Uh, slave concerts are fun. 
because it's about the funk. <laughs> <laughs> there you so, go. Uh, there you go. You know, we're looking forward to getting back to do that, and uh, we will be covering all three catalogs, uh, as we said earlier in the, in the uh, interview. Speaking of the slave catalog, the mm -hmm. war catalog, and the Steve Arrington Hall of Fame catalog. So we're just looking forward to pulling it all back together and, you know, treating our fans. And, it, and it's good to hear. And as, uh, and as we get ready to wrap it up on Branded After Dark with the group Slave, um, a, a quick question, Charles, when it comes to, when it comes to just, um, just, just the everyday lifestyle of a musician, is there anything different that you do to be able to psych yourself up to either make music, produce music, Something like that. Is there is there like a, a routine or a strategy that you go through? Well, one of the things that uh, uh, my comments were telling you, we the business kind of did, you know, put a stale taste in our mouth. You know, compared to when we first was playing when we were young, it was fun. I mm -hmm. mean, it was just I was just a, I just couldn't wait to go get in the band and just go and play in the garage. Right. As we got into the business side of it. And the things with the business, it did put a, a whole other mark in our brain, man. You know, it, it, it wasn't. It, it, it actually got to a point where it wasn't fun. You know, I mean, um, there were a lot of good things we were doing because we were recording and making hits, but the business side of it was just was a strain on us. And and uh, of course, we again we we made mistakes on our own. You know made some bad decisions, but the main thing is now we're back on track to doing the right thing. And I, right now, it's just the fact that I just want to play. That is what is influencing me, that I just want to get back out and play. I mean, we did lose two members, as you said, and that right. did hurt us. But we're, it's like, that's why we're trying to get back. Let's go ahead and do this, man. Let's just go back and do this correctly, especially since you got, you know, bootleg people out there doing it. We we, we just couldn't. <laughs> y'all gotta come back. Y'all gotta come back and let them know the real. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. I like. That's what I like. But uh, exactly. But but again, I uh, there, there was a lot of uh, we had a lot of people that was in the group, and you know that was also part of that whole thing. I mean, every people all the way from even like Steve Washington. Uh, he was like mm -hmm. the original leader of the group. Uh, producer Jimmy Douglas. Uh, the original members like uh, Orion Wilhoyt, uh, Carter Bradley, Tim Dozier, and uh, you know, as we moved on, and, and, and we're just trying to move up to the next level to keep things going. So we we right. we really really trying to make it happen. But we just appreciate this opportunity to be able to get on here and talk and uh, you know, let the fans know what we're trying to do and that we're coming you know, back. You know, you know what fans knew. And old, and, and you know, and to me, I always feel like this. You know, as I as I get ready to wrap it up with you guys, if you know, you you mentioned Prince earlier, Thomas, and, and your daughter going to go awesome. see the Prince concert. There, there, there would probably be no Prince in the in the revolution if it wasn't for what you guys have did. There wouldn't have been a Moore's Day in the time. There wouldn't have been um, cameo. There wouldn't have been a handful of these people without your influence and stuff like that. So, you know, when it when when it comes to that, like people don't really appreciate. As uh, as much as they should, you know, they kind of take for granted what was being built before. Um, but when you have shows like this and us being able to just kind of connect, I, you know, I, I want to say, you know what, I appreciate everything that you guys have done. I mean, like I said, you know, I, I was listening to, 
I was listening. I was listening to so many of these songs beforehand, and I was like, you know what, man, this 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 brings back a ton of of, of childhood memories, like when I was little. You know what I mean? And it's just you know, it's 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 nostalgic, man. I mean, it's it's a beautiful feeling to be able to have music that's been made two decades plus, and, and still have the same feeling you felt when you first heard that song. It's crazy. Yeah, we like that, man. You know, I mean, we we're glad to we appreciate that. that. And again, like, I don't think I got that from you guys. Okay, what what what's your what's your Facebook? How how can people reach out to you guys as far as uh, Facebook information? Uh, again, we haven't put out a group Facebook. Okay. Um, you guys get individuals, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have our individual sites. So you know, um, me. Um, Thomas Lockett, you know, I can be reached Facebook. Um, Cidel, you said, yeah. You, you yeah, have Charles Cidel, for Charles Cidel um, Carter for uh, my Facebook. And uh, we do uh, have a but, Slave but Legacy. Again, yeah, and, we have uh, a Slave Legacy site that, that we're still getting ready to uh, officially launch soon, uh, which is going to actually do what this interview did, and that's to um, illustrate all of the people who have been an integral part of the slave or uh, Hall of Fame Steve Arrington um, uh, life. Uh, it isn't just about slaves, it's about us as individuals. So um, that uh, website is slavelegacy.com. Um, uh, it's still in the uh, production phase. We're, we're like right at the, probably by the end of this summer, we'll be launching that fully. So we're excited Very about cool. that. But there will be a, um official Slay Facebook uh, page uh, that will be also uh, put up. But um, we're just trying to take care of some old uh, business at the same time, you know, going back out on tour. We're ready for some days to roll in as we speak. But uh, again, we appreciate you giving us this opportunity yeah, to that. speak, and uh, we will definitely keep you posted as to what's going on, so that when please we do. down, please uh, do because you must take it, because you can must I take can it I, to the best grill there. Hey, hey, and can I also say, like you know, you are definitely needed out here in the Bay Area because that's that's where I'm at. So you know, say no more. We we will make sure that we put all kinds of. All kinds of information out there, like you know, slave. The original slave is is, is in the house, and we definitely need to make sure that we get it in. And also, uh, a quick shout out—not a quick shout out—but I definitely want to thank Mr. Kevin Gray uh, for yeah, providing uh, everything that is everything. Kevin's the man, so shout out to Kevin. Kevin thanks a lot, Kevin. To, you know, Mr. Kevin Gray he hooked it up, man. And again, a shout out to all our fans, old and new. And we God, God bless each and every one, and we look forward to seeing everybody soon. And make sure, you know, when y'all get y'all new music out there, man, can, can you come back and give us some love and, you know, break that record like 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 the old days, you know what I mean? Like, you know, break the record and keep keep spinning that thing all night long. Can we do that? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We got more music coming from these guys. We have Aurora, of course, as well, but we have Classic Slave, Just to Touch, Fellas, many blessings to you. Continue, 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 and and we we love you as far as your music, timeless classics, and I and I and I cannot appreciate you more for coming on to the show. Well, God bless Thanks you. We you. appreciate it, brother Brennan. Next legacy.